Welcome to Two Paley's on a Pod. I'm Bria Paley. I'm is Michael Paley. I'm in Budapest. I'm in Sydney, Australia. Amazing. Amazing. It seems that every time that we get and do a podcast, we're in different places, and now you're in Sydney, Australia. Well, I guess our family really is, we are wandering Jews. We are wandering Jews. In fact, right now, we have two people in Australia, two people in America, and one person in Hungary. Yes. Um, I should also say to people that it's now late at night for me, um, and it's first thing in the morning for you. Um, no, I got is... up early just, just for this. I know. I appreciate it. The second thing is that I'm in the end of winter and you're at the end of summer. I know. It is quite bizarre, but um, I'm pretty happy to be back in summer. Yeah, I'm sure that you are long days. I could use them myself, even though it's very beautiful here late at night over the beautiful Danube River. Mm. Well, we've taken quite a break, so I'm glad that we are back because I know the fans have been anxiously awaiting our our return, and we thought we'd talk about return in this episode. Yeah, we did. We took quite a break. Um, The last episode that we did seemed to be rockier to me and uh, not always easy for people to listen to. So I decided I would take a break and really try and think about what this podcast is about. And what I think it's about is really um, for you, Bria, and me, Michael, to wrestle um, with big issues, see them partially in a Jewish context, because I'm a rabbi, um, and really talk about our relationship through them. Because I, I feel that the podcast is often loving and that the most loving um, aspect of it is between us. Hmm. That's very lovely. So we decided to return and that we would make actually our first thing about return because there are many returns that we have right now in the um, in our lives. Um, the most significant one is not going back to the podcast, but you um, being back in Australia. So maybe you shouldn't tell people um, the first time you went to Australia, what that was like and, and what it means to return, to come back. Mm, the first time I was ever in Australia? No, the first the first block of times that you lived in Australia. Oh, okay. So I'm a I'm a proud dual citizen with Australia and the U.S. Um, my mother was uh, born and raised in Melbourne, which Americans would say Melbourne, but here it's <laughs> Melbourne, and people are always surprised that I say it with like an Australian accent. But of course, you know when that's where your parent is from, you try to say it accurately. Um, and, you know, sadly, um, our family got here because of the Holocaust um, as a result of my grandparents um, needing to start a new life in a new country. So um, I, I lived here after uh, I graduated college, where here they'd say uni, university. So I, um, after I graduated, I moved to Sydney. It was the end of 2006. And I stayed for six years. And that six years is a long time. It was a long time for you. It was a formative part of your life. Um, and really your first uh, step out into working and into a new community. And you actually built your own life for yourself. I did. I did. And I remember that, you know, both of your parents, my beloved grandparents, um, they passed away in 2008. So um, 
I came back like four times in one year for the funerals and to mm. see them before the funerals. And then after that, I didn't see you, Daddy, for two entire years. I know. I think that's the longest time we ever went. Yeah, probably. So that was, you know, there were challenges about being so far away, but I was pretty happy here navigating life for myself in my in my 20s. And then it was the end of my 20s and I felt like uh, I needed to make a change. I'd gone through a really painful breakup and wasn't sure what I was doing career-wise, which has happened many times since. Um, yeah. And yeah. and every time I actually try to leave the country um, afterwards. So it doesn't seem to be working so well, but um, I'm still, I'm still on the, you know, I'm still focused on finding um, my soulmate. And so I, I met with a matchmaker here. Hmm. And she's actually. Well, just before you say that, you know, it, it is, um, you mentioned my parents. My parents um, lived in, uh, in Brookline next to Boston my whole life. Um, my father was from Lowell about an hour away. My mother was from Brookline. She never moved more than two miles away from when she was born. And you all of a sudden got up and went across the world, really the world. Um, uh, and in some ways, that was the first uh, return, you know? It was the first moment in, you went, in which you went back to someplace that was someplace in your background, you know, someplace you had visited since you were a baby, but had never lived. And you set out in that, in that mode, the mode of return, and, and put your life together. Um, and I suppose even looked there for a soulmate. So, so I, 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 I just want to, before you talk about the matchbreaker, admire your courage for having done that. That was an amazing thing to do, you know? Just go where, where you would have only uh, the sketchiest amount of support and really try and build in a foundation for your life. And so I always think about you actually in that context as the kind of adventurer navigator and, and a person that visited so much of the world um, that kind of blew me away. Um, and now I think it is a time um, of really return to some kind of roots. And Australia is part of your roots. Yes, I am quite an amazing person. Yeah. Um, if but, you do say so. Yes, well, I do say so. Um, but, you know, my mother also left her home and ventured um, across the world to Israel, where she met you, you know, even though you were still married at the time. But, um, and then, you know, so I, I think it's just in, it's part of who I am, you know? Yeah, I think it's true. I, that, that not only did uh, mommy leave her home to go to Israel where she met me, um, but of course her mother, your grandmother left her home to come to Australia. And even her mother, um, uh, finally Peroni, finally Peroni, um, uh, first Katzenellenbogen had left Grodno where she was born and gone to Italy. So there's this long chain of people leaving um, and exploring and trying to find some place that is the just the right place. It's a it's a it's a moment of search and a moment of open heartedness. But you know, to be to be honest, I think a big part of of this is my search for a life partner because if I found that person, then I believe I would feel at home. Yeah, I, I understand that. You know, in uh, Hebrew. Um, sometimes um, your wife is called your uh, bayit, um, your house. Um, sometimes even makom, which is also used as the name of God. So yes, I do think that. I, I, and I felt that. I felt whenever I was with your mother, wherever I was with her, 
it was always had a sense of home to it. So I certainly feel that way. Yeah, but your homes are in different places. I don't, I think we we I'm, my home is with her. In my heart and in my soul. Okay. Well, um yeah, so Tell I us about the matchmaker if you want. I met with this matchmaker and um she's actually um she's on TV. She's not the matchmaker from Netflix, but she is she's on um, an Australian TV show that features one Jewish matchmaker and an Indian matchmaker and a Muslim one. And, and they, um, you know, they show them meeting with each of their clients to help them find, find love. And so um, she was recommended to me by a friend and um, she spent uh, two hours talking to me about like things that I'm looking for and more about who I am and, my, my history, my family's history and things like that. So it's really, really interesting. And it's only been a few weeks, but um, I've not met anyone yet. But I'm told that you're, you really need to be patient with these things, which is not something that I'm good at um, at all. But yeah, I'm hopeful. She also, you know, she is based here um, in Australia, but she has many people in the U.S., but um, but I'm not sure that I want to live in the U.S. Um, for a multitude of reasons. But I've noticed since coming back here, I mean, there's a lot of really um, benefits to being here at this time. First of all, the weather is pretty nice and um, it hasn't been too hot lately, although I could use some more beach days. But um, the beaches here are really stunning. Also, um, the U.S. dollar is very strong here, so... For every Australian dollar, you get like a dollar fifty-two um, American. Yeah, that is a great benefit. Yeah, so that's really nice. So everything's like always like on sale for me. That's what it feels like. <laughs> um, also, here um, people really don't tip, and tax is included in the price right away. So the price you're paying is the price you see is what you're paying which in the U.S. is really not the case. You know, everything's about 30% more than what you, the price you see, which um, no one here understands. And I honestly don't understand it either because what it really means is that people are not paid fairly in the U.S. and that the customer has to make up for that, for that fact. Well, but when in Australia, like, what do you see that's familiar to you that, that you return to? Um, and what do you find um, surprising and uh, new? Um. It's an interesting kind of mix of things because um, many things are really still the same. Um, the neighborhoods that I've spent time in, in are largely the same. I lived in a very, very trendy, very quickly gentrifying area. <clears throat> and it's still, you know, it's, it's only gotten more popular. Um, I've noticed that the housing prices are really kind of off the charts. Um, it's very, very expensive more than before and competitive, I think, because people realize what, what a great life it is here. And so during COVID, a lot, a lot of people who are overseas moved back and never left. Hmm. And a lot of people with, you know, big money from out of the country have bought properties for their children or as investments or whatnot. So it's created um, a housing crunch, which is... Um, a bit stressful for someone like me um, who would consider living here again. Um, but um, 
other things that have changed. I mean, you know, certainly my friendships um, are like a little different because people have different lives with their, you know, children who are now grown up, some of them. And, and so um, people are just in a different stage of life than I am. So sometimes it's, it's hard to kind of make plans to see people because they're, you know, people are flat out as they'd say busy. Um, but that's really the case everywhere. That's not like an Australia thing. Um, I think people just, you know, it's, it can be, a challenge for, for some to find time. I, of course, you know, I'm a, I'm a lady of leisure, so I do the things I want to do and nothing else. <laughs> um, uh, is there a sense of home that you have there? Yeah, very much. Yeah. Very much. I also am, am so fortunate, really, like, I really truly think that Hashem did this for me. Um, because I, I have just like an amazing, really a Sydney family here. Um, they're very, very special to me. I lived with Lee for four years in Newtown and, um, you know, that was many years ago, uh, but her mother and her mother's wife, um, have just treated me like a daughter all these years. Cause now that's been, we met in 2008. So that's yes, going on, um. Uh, 16 years yeah so um so they've always been very good to me and have invited me to family occasions whenever I've been around so um actually tomorrow it's um Lee's nephew's birthday he was born on leap day so it's leap day tomorrow so um we're having a birthday for him and um also I'm getting I'm staying with them which is so great and um and even more than that is that um, Helen Lee's mom has a scooter, an electric scooter, the same as mine, actually better than mine, the one I have in New York. And I had been really wanting a scooter because it's such a good place to be able to get around that way. There's um, many bike dedicated bike paths and um, the, the population's not really used to scooters yet. There's like, they haven't really gotten there with like legal stuff, you know, about what's okay or not. But um but I, I had really wanted a scooter, and I mentioned it to Helen. And to my shock, she said, "Oh, I have one." <laughs> it's I pretty mean, amazing. she's like she's like almost your age, you know, <laughs> and she doesn't use it. Of course, it's just been sitting there. Her son got it for her. He's more of like a, a daredevil type. You know, I I just think about in 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 my way of thinking about things. You know, something of what you've done, and even what I've done. I and like I came to Budapest. And I, and I suppose Budapest is just the most Jewish and easy city for me to live in, in Eastern and Central Europe. Um, and what I really want to do is I think go back and find um, a piece of my, a piece of home that was lost, that was even, I suppose, taken away. Maybe I've always been looking for that. Maybe even one of the attractions of, of, of your mother's family was, you know, that they were Europeans. And I just felt like there was something something that I needed to understand about myself and something I even had to search for um, in this part of the world. And, and I, I have felt incredibly at home here. You know, I've felt also a certain, um, you know, even at my age, a kind of rejuvenation, a certain sense of, uh, of renewed purpose. And I, I hear that in your voice in Australia sometimes when we talk on the phone. I hear that you 
have a certain sense that this is the, an, another chapter and that this chapter will be a productive and a happy one because there's something in that place that is, you know, within you and needs to be understood in yourself. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Well, it's like last night, um, I was able to um, have dinner with, with Lisa, who's my cousin. And yep. I only I only met Lisa when I moved to Sydney. I didn't actually even know she existed because of family estrangements that go way back, um, sadly. But her her grandmother was my great grandmother. Yeah, she's she's your mother's first cousin. Right. She and she and mom um, shared the same grandmother, but they called her different names. Yeah. Um, Lisa called her Nana Pironi, and my mom called her Bubba. So she, it's like this one person who sounds very bohemian and interesting and was a pianist and lived in a oh. trend, trendy part of Melbourne. Um, she, she had a totally different, different identity to her different grandchildren. And, and Lisa's not Jewish, and mom is. So it's like, was this woman Jewish or not? Well, she her name was from a Katzenelbogen, you know, and um, she came from a long line of rabbis. You know, one of the things that we did in the last, I suppose this is important to say, um, one of the things that uh, your mother and I did in the last uh, few months was that we, we took a trip to Venice. And while we were in Venice, we went to the grave of the Maharam of Padua. Padua is a, is a, a community, an Italian community, about I would say half an hour by train from uh, Venice, um, and it used to be a very strong, thriving Jewish community. And this Maharam, the person's name is Mayor Kazanellenbogen, um, uh, is buried there. He lived there in the 16th century, um, and also um, Danyasaka Bravanel is buried there. Um, and this is the foundation of the family that that your great grandmother Kazanellenbogen. Um, uh, was a proud member of. So in, on one side, she came from Grodno, which is now in Western Belarus, um, and, and was part of a kind of, a, um, the Katsunolimbogans were almost like a royal family, a, a powerful family in uh, Lithuania, Latvia, and, and, um, and um, Poland and Belarus. And then for romance, she went to Italy and, and, and became kind of also an Italian. And for some, in some way, she kept those two identities together, although not always easily. I remember once that um, that mummy called her grandmother um, and spoke to her in Yiddish, and your and your grandmother, you know, Sonia, mummy's mother, said, "Yeah, my mother's forgotten her Yiddish," <laughs> which was kind of crazy. You know, that was her mother tongue. Mm. So, so all those things are all kind of uh, mixed together. And we, for, for us to go to the grave of, uh, of the Maharam, of the Katzenellenbogen grave, was almost like a pilgrimage. Although a funny thing was, that happened there was that um, we took a little tour of the cemetery so we could also find out more about the cemetery itself. And, and um, at one point we were standing in front of the grave and, and, and mummy raised her hand and said, you know, I'm a descendant, of, a direct descendant of the Maharam which you can find in this book called The Unbroken Chain, um, which has the genealogy, every, every generation from the Maharam all the way to your mother, all the way to you. Um, and, and the tour guide said, you know, the Maharam has a million descendants. 
And I have never given a tour in the cemetery where someone didn't raise their hand and said that they were a descendant. So uh-huh. that, was, that was a pretty, you know, kind of funny remark. But we we carried that guy, you know, very strongly in us. Also, Padua was the and Venice, for that matter, were the in 1527 were the beginning of Jewish publishing, and and you feel that you feel like you know this was a place that we were, and we and we returned there. And even the summer, you and I, um, and I hope other people in our family. Um, uh, will travel to uh, Lithuania and maybe even a strin where my grandfather, um, who was part of the big Cohen clan, the Cohen clan of uh, 12 brothers and sisters that produced the group that we call Cousins by the Dozens. So for some reason, I've always had a need to return, always a need to go back and always a need to maybe even revisit, maybe even improve, maybe, maybe comb through a, an experience to find out the reality of it. You know, even I think my commitment to Israel, maybe the Jewish people's commitment to Israel um, in, in a way that is very difficult right now because of the war. But some often glorious was a sense of return. Richie, my brother, your uncle, you know, went to Israel and and he could have gone anywhere in the world to begin his career as a musician. He went to Israel and he stayed there now for, I think, you know, whatever it is, 47 years, I think, sub 46, whatever the number is. In the, in the mid-40s, um, in the times of years, um, because it was a place that was, in some ways, home for him. You know, he also left America and went, and it always feels to me like he returned to some sense of origin, you know? And, mm. and, and that return is a significant, it's a significant piece. Even the Torah portion this week, which is my favorite one, I'm well known for saying that every portion is my favorite one, but this is Kitis. I think this really actually is my favorite one um, in which Moses goes up the mountain and he tries to look forward into the, to the going to the, to the promised land because he feels that that's where his real origins are, his real symbolic origins, not just his, by, he was born in Egypt, but he felt he was really from, you know, the land of Israel. So it, these are, these are all mixed up and confusing things and I, I kind of think that you're playing it out. Uh, yeah, maybe I am playing it out. That could be true, but I just, um, I really would like to feel more settled in my life as, and, you know, I just, um, I'm happy that after seven years away, I get to come here and, and, you know, kind of see what it would be like to live here again, maybe, or see who I, my path, how my path, um, crosses other people's and, but I really had a nice time with, um, with my cousin Lisa because she's, She's family, and um, I don't know that she thinks of me as much that way, but <laughs> but we are family, and um, you are, you know, you're even in many ways close relatives. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and also I was realizing um, some interesting similarities, which is that she and I are both the oldest daughters in our families, and she and mom, first cousins. Um, in both their families, it's three daughters and then a son. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and her father was much younger than my grandmother, like 15 years younger. Yes, and he was he, a child when they came to Australia. Yeah, they came because because my grandmother had come. They, they followed her years later. And, um, you know, so so Lisa has a real, like, more of a real Australian family because one of her parents was born in Australia. 
Yeah, I think that's true, actually. You know, mom's parents were real Europeans um, every day of their life, right? They Until the end of their lives, they had, you know, significant accents and... Um, uh, and they and they felt at home in their community, but not really. And I, I think they thought that that Australia was a graced country for them. You know, it was a place that they could happily live in, but partially because they felt Europe was had been so dangerous and so filled with uh, destruction and dislocation. That's in it, which it certainly had. Well, Lisa said that her father taught himself how to. He taught himself English. Hmm. And, um, you know, he was an electrical engineer. Now he's still alive. He might be the only sibling alive. I actually don't know if Oro is still alive. He might yeah, be. I, don't, I can't imagine we wouldn't have heard, but, but it might be true. Yeah, so, uh, so what was I going to say about Ilio? But I only met Ilio one time. That's Lisa's father, Um Years ago, I, I met him, and I, I immediately burst into tears, actually, when I met him. <laughs> really? What, what, was yeah. the, what was the circumstance? Um, it was one of the grandchildren's birthday parties. Um, she was just a f- few years old, and now she's, like, you know, 17 or something. Um, but I, yeah, I got invited. I reached out and said, you know, I'm your close relative. I'm, I happen to live in Sydney. And they lived, they live in Melbourne, just outside Melbourne in Sunbury. And I went um, to the birthday party and, and Ilio, who I guess they call Leo, was there with his wife, Pat. And um, yeah, as soon as I saw him, I just, I was really overcome with emotion. This was, Mm. this is my great uncle. I've never met him. I've never even heard about him. And, you know, just, yeah, I just really was, was moved by the whole thing. Um. And then I, I really made a, an effort to get to know this side of the family who, you know, my own mother doesn't know. Yeah. Well, it wasn't anything about, about what your mother knew or didn't know. It was your grandmother and her family practiced the family tradition of really living apart from each other. That what, none of the relationships really worked very well, I guess. You know, I don't, I don't really know. Well, you know, they lived in the same... Um, in, in Melbourne, both of them, both siblings. So, yeah, and they I think they really never really connected. Yeah, yeah, and part of that could have been because of religion. It could have been. I I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, Elio was also Jewish. Um, I remember being in Italy once and um, and telling the story of the family of your grandmother. Um, you know, the Cassinellenbogen uh, line. And all of Mummy's cousins that were there, the children of Oro, the children of Piero, um, and even the other people, the, the, her, grandmother, her grandfather's name was Romolo, and Romolo had siblings who were definitely not Jewish, but they were all interested in their Jewish heritage. And some of them said, we know we have a Jewish heritage, and we, it's just, we're just blind to it. We, we don't know anything about it. it. It was really, I have to say, there was a, a, a moment I remember feeling, and I think it was... Just Nama and Gabe were there. Um, at, they were little. Um, and I remember thinking that these were all these people, these sparks that had been dis, dis, diffused, dispersed um, into the world. And, and we were coming together. And you, more than anybody, have put some of those sparks together. You've, you've really found lots of our relatives that we didn't 
have much connection to and didn't know. And, and then we, now we do know, which of course I, I greatly appreciate. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it just happened this way. I guess that I was, I was meant to kind of try to heal the family, which, you know, often feels like a massive failure. Well, I, 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 first of all, I don't, who knows then we won't say anything about that, but I, I, I just have the other one story, which is that when mummy and I went on a trip to Moscow, um, your grandfather said, you know, I had a, I had a, uh, older, I had an uncle, um, uh, whose name was, um, uh, Yitzhak Debrecher, um, and he had moved to Moscow, um, at the invitation of Lenin. Um, and he was a, a deputy minister of health in the first um, governments of the new Soviet Union. Um, and we had never heard of any of these people. And then when we got there, um, the UJA person that worked with me actually went and, and checked all the sources and the internet and things and almost immediately found him, um, who he was, and that his daughter was still alive. In other words, the first cousin of, uh, of your grandfather, and that her son... Um, was not only alive, but was, was was on the phone. And we talked to him, and then we met him in Moscow, and then later he came to New York to visit us. The guy's name is uh, Victor Schneerman, and he's a marvelous, wondrous person um, whom we, we really love and we and, and miss. And, and there was, you know, all these different f- families that had been put to other places. I, I suppose, I hadn't thought about this, but some of the return is to bring people together again, not just not just to go back to a place, but actually to return to each other. You know, there's also the, the issue of tshuva. Tshuva is the word for, we often translate as repent um, in Hebrew, but it's also the word return. Um, and lashuv is the word for return. And, and maybe that's what this is. Maybe this bring all these people together again so that they can see each other and see each other in a new way. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Oh, maybe we have. I I forgot about that, but about Victor. We've talked about Victor and we've talked about return. Um, We've talked about all that stuff, so we don't need to. I think it's because it's such a big issue for me, such a big image for me. Yeah, seems like it. Yeah, seems that way. Well, I also went on a on a very interesting women's retreat um, this past weekend in Mudgee which is a couple hours drive from Sydney. It's become kind of a more popular area in the last uh, years. It's like kind of a wine region. And um, yeah, I happened to find through my ecstatic dance community, which I'm going again tonight to ecstatic dance. Um, I found this women's retreat and it was really, really great. It was like a voice activation. So there were about 14 women and we stayed in this beautiful place and I slept in a teepee. Um, with this other woman from Brazil who's doing massage and it was just very very powerful to be in a in a group of women everyone going through their own thing and um, coming together through through voice and sound and prayer and song and it was really you know a very a very good experience what's voice activation mean uh, voice activation is um, there's there is a coach and you um, you basically you basically sing as a group and you kind of move energy through that and it's it's just it doesn't have to be it's it's not you know a set melody or anything you just sing what comes through for your in your heart. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's actually, it's something, it's something that I would really like to do as a career, actually. Well, I've always felt that you had some kind of healing power in you, so. I do, for sure. I really want to encourage you to do that. Maybe you can become a shaman. It's a shaman. Shaman. But I don't, I don't know where you go to school to become a shaman. Well, there's lots of ways to do it, but you really have to find, like, a mentor, you know, I'd say, like, like Parashakti. Hmm. Yeah, it's at the, uh, what's, it, what's the center called? The Vedanta Center? No. No, I met Parashakti at Esalen, but then I saw her again at Rhythmia when I did the ayahuasca. And then I have saw I saw her at Omega Institute. And oh. she, yeah, I, I, I always managed to cross paths with her. So I hope that, I hope I find her again soon. I miss her. Well, I think there's something, uh, something powerful in that. And I suppose Australia with its native, um, uh, the Aboriginal peoples, also has something kind of like a deep spirituality to it. it. I mean, I think I felt it when I was there, and I think you feel it even more. Yeah, well, I've been watching, um, like, Australian TV series that i never seen, and um, also they have, like, uh, this show called Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. It's about people on the spectrum also trying to find love, and it's it's really moving to watch. You know, it's really, it's really interesting, this series. Such an interesting place for you to be, you know. It feels far away, but I don't know, the last time you were there, it was not always easy to get in touch. But now, you know, the communications and technology is so much better. You know, it's easy to at least give you the bracha on Friday night, you know, even though for me, it's um, Friday morning. Um, I can still call over and and be in touch with you. So that's, that makes the world a bit smaller and a bit easier for me. Well, I haven't seen you in months anyway. Well, I hope to see you soon. Yeah, probably in Israel. Maybe in Israel. That's right. Our, our, my nephew, Aunt, um, uh, Bria's cousin, is getting married to Ariel and Tamara. And so I think we'll go to Israel in the end of May. Um, and... I hope the, it'll be better there by then. I went for a few weeks and witnessed the war and witnessed the suffering. And, um, and that was really uh, very powerful for me and very difficult. So, Well, I've been wearing my, my Jewish star necklace every day uh, for a while now. And um, it's been really great, honestly. I think people have an idea that... Um, there's like a lot of anti-Semitism here. Um, and, and that, you know, that might be some people's experience. It has not been my experience. Um, I've, I've actually connected with more Jews by wearing my Jewish star necklace. Um, Cause it's a very, you know, then they see I'm Jewish and if they're Jewish, then they, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm also Jewish. And it's like a nice, a nice thing. Um, but there was, um, there was a rally the other week in Sydney in the Domain, which is a big park. And it was a really fantastic event. I'm really glad I went to it. It was, the idea was, um, it was, the, their slogan was, don't, it was like, push back the hate, mate. <laughs> or push back the hype, right? Um, and so it really was about, like about peace and about it wasn't about like Israel and the politics and what people think 
Israel should be doing or not doing. It was about like, hey, we're Jews and we shouldn't be experiencing anti-Semitism in this country. It's not a stra- it's un-Australian. And it was really wonderful. There were lots of politicians. Um, they had a prime minister during the pandemic named Scott Morrison, who they call ScoMo. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people I've spoken to really hate this guy for many reasons that I don't totally understand. But the Jews seem to really like him because he's a conservative. And that's mainly, the Jews here are mainly conservatives. And so... Um, but he spoke and some other people and it was just, it was, it was really, really a good event. And I ran into some friends I hadn't seen for a while. Um, it was, it was, the weather was great that day. It was just like a really good event. So I'm just kind of looking for things where I can just kind of feel, you know, I'm really part of the community and that, you know, I have a, I have a history here, which I do. So, so that's been really cool. Um, I've been looking for Shabbat dinners every week um or shabbat services which so far have been pretty pretty successful i don't have one for this week yet so putting that out there if anyone anyone hears this only wednesday morning yeah but you got to get your your shabbat dinner in order yes it's true true well bria i think i've really appreciated uh, this conversation and um I hope people uh, will start to listen again and we'll try and do it regularly on different issues that come up. And we, um, and we appreciate your support. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Okay. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And we say here, Vishal <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>